Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, we've had a couple weeks off. How are you feeling? I'm I'm doing great. It's this year. These are the episodes that we look forward to. We're starting on some some uh, win totals, some preseason win totals. These are fun episodes. It's when you really start to break down like these 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 programs, these football teams. Uh, you you get to look at a schedule a lot. You get to see a schedule. It looks good on paper. College football is around the corner. It's coming. Yes, this is the time of year where we start looking at the different conferences and the win totals, and it starts to feel a little more real. And you right. dig into some of the nuances of different teams. And yeah, I, I don't know how how deep we're going to go, but we want to cover the ACC today as well as Notre Dame. Just kind of go through. We we no longer have divisions in the ACC. Right. Um, so we'll just kind of start at the top with the top, highest win total and just go down from there. So to start things off here, we got Clemson. Their win total set at nine and a half or ten, depending on where you look. Dabo Swinney, of course, the head coach there, eleven and three last year with another ACC title. Kind of disappointed to a certain extent the last couple of years, while still being pretty good. Cade Klubnik should take over as the full-time quarterback now. Um, Garrett Riley, Garrett Riley, Garrett Riley. Like that's the that's the such a huge part of what we talk about when we talk about 2023 Clemson and what they will look like. Right. Um, yeah. Brandon Streeter out as offensive coordinator and Riley comes in um, after taking TCU to the title game somehow um, smoke and mirrors or something. But I, I expect that to make a huge difference for Clemson. I, I still think that Shipley and Maffa, the running backs will get a lot of run. Um, but what do you expect from the passing game in the first year with Garrett Riley? So, okay. We, we've talked about it quite a bit. We love the hire, right? Mm-hmm. We're a big, we're Garrett Riley podcast. Like we're a big fan of, <laughs> of, of the hire there. It, it could take a little bit out of the gate to start. Now the good news is they have time out of the gate. Like they don't play their first really big, big game until week four. Um, like that Florida State game is when they will need to be at their best. So apologies to Duke, but yes. <laughs> well, well, I felt bad, but yeah, it's still Duke, man. Yeah. And like Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, like, yeah, spare me. Either way, Fl- Clemson should win. They should roll over all those yes. teams. You have a little bit of time to get it going. And I like, I like that. Like I'm a fan of that. They need time. They need receivers. It's been well documented that Clemson, like a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of their a lot of their fans have felt that the receiver play is nowhere near what it used to be. And it's I mean, that's that's correct. That's just objectively true. They don't have the NFL talent anymore at the, you know, the wide out uh, position. So can they find someone is is can Garrett like what will that offense look like under Garrett Riley? How much will they still run the ball? I think is going to be interesting. And then, yeah, like that, I think it's going to work. Like I'm putting mm-hmm. a lot of faith into it. The over-under is nine and a half. I, you, maybe you already mentioned that. Like you, you pretty much have to look at Florida State and Clemson and decide who you think will win the ACC. Like they're, I think, fairly clear-cut favorites right now. Mm-hmm. I like Clemson. Like I, I like the offense. I love what they did there. I think the defense, even though they lose some really good pass rushers, will still be fine. They've got a lot of talent at linebacker. I really like Clemson. And, yeah, we, we can't have hyped up Garrett Riley all offseason and then pick against him now. Like – we yeah. have to go ahead. We have to go ahead and 
and think that that Clemson um, is going it they should be the favorite in the ACC in my opinion yeah I if it you're kind of it sounds like you're leading that way but I'm taking them to go over personally I I could definitely see them going under like it's possible they do play Florida State they play Notre Dame this year they they play right. South Carolina who who beat them last year right but they get the first two they get Florida State and Notre Dame at home so I think that'll help um, have to go to South Carolina but to me that feels like South Carolina has a lot more question marks this year. Like they lost a number of really good players. I think Clemson should rebound. I know they're going to be wanting to um, make up for that embarrassing loss, quite frankly, last year. And I would expect them to do so. To me, it feels like, yeah, North Carolina could be tough. NC State, Miami, like those could all theoretically be tough. Wake Forest and Duke. But to me, it feels like Florida State and Notre Dame are the two major games on their schedule. They get them both at home. They can afford to lose both and still go over here as far as just the the win total on this one. To me, it's a pretty easy over. The more interesting question for me is, like, is this the same Clemson we've seen the last two years where they might win the ACC but kind of disappoint on the national scale? Or do we see that offense really take a step? You mentioned the receivers. Like, there's bodies there. Like, they have lots of guys who were – highly ranked recruits but like who's going to step up is it going to be adam randall like who's going to be the guy that actually steps up and plays like i I guess the the talent level matches yeah the production well i like you would love to have someone kind of emerge like tcu did last year like with quentin johnson that like towards the end of the year that's your guy you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and he like he had trouble with drops johnson did like he wasn't just the most polished route runner of all time i think that's fairly well documented in the draft process but like riley did a really good job using his tools using his his vertical speed as i mean really just his speed his straight line speed um and and getting him into just advantageous situations kind of schemed it he schemed it was very scheme friendly for that receiver and like I think he can do the same here. Like there's no doubt that Clemson has guys that can run in a straight line very, very fast. Yeah. <laughs> like they've got they still have talent, like you said. So yeah, it's I think hopefully it's maybe a little bit more simple. Like the offense is a little bit more simple and um fast. Like you love to see mm-hmm. a little bit of pace um in offense. And yeah, like the maybe like some of the quick screens that like Clemson yeah, when they were really humming, they were often throwing like a really good like a slot screen. Um, that was often very effective and yeah, like it, and then having like the, the sideline fade route, which they don't really complete any of those anymore. So like, it'd be nice to kind of get, yeah, like a little bit of pace, I think opens up some of that, the sideline stuff more. So mm-hmm. like, that's what, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'm a fan of Clemson. I'm, I'm taking the over. When you break down the schedule, the, the, the away game at South Carolina can be difficult. I mean, they're a more talented team than South Carolina still. So right. Yeah, I, I, I like Clemson to bounce back. They will definitely have all the motivation to do so. I think with Troy Stilato, maybe Antonio Williams, like they might have a little bit more of some shiftier guys maybe for the first time in a few years, like at receiver. And from what we're talk from what we're hearing, it sounds like they are simplifying things, which right. is maybe the opposite of what some Clemson fans wanted. But I think you can have more complicated um, schemes and still simplify it for the offense because 
I guess one thing I heard from from Riley was that last year they were they would go into the typical game at Clemson with like 80 plays ready to go. And right. this year it might be more like 30 or 40, you know, and they run those plays really well. Right. Um, we'll see if that's what they need. Um, but yeah, like I, I do think that they almost can't help but be quite a bit better this year. Also, like just the fact that DJ, DJ Uyunglele was just not quite, he just wasn't quite the same the last couple of years as what people expected of him. And I think going to Cade Klubnik for a full season Though he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence or or Deshaun Watson, I think he will be a step up, and and that in and of itself might make a big difference for them. You think they beat Florida State then? Apparently, like you're, you're kind of deciding that a little bit here, right? Like you think that they would probably go and beat Florida State and win the ACC then? That's a great question. <laughs> I think they can go over either way, right? Um, I'd probably give a slight edge to Clemson because that game is at home. We'll talk about Florida State later, but it does feel like – I almost feel more confident about Clemson versus Florida State in like 24 and 25. This year, Florida State is old. Like they, they have an experienced team, experienced quarterback. Yeah. Like to me, it feels like this needs to be Florida State's year um, if they want to do this in the next couple of years. But we'll see. I don't know. I, I still feel good about Clemson. <laughs> I think some of the uh, the advanced stats are, are uh, undervaluing their team just because they're still looking at the offense and, and seeing what it did last year. And I just think having Garrett Riley will. So, for example, the SP Plus projects them to have the number 21 offense in the country this year. Right. And that's reasonable if you talk about, okay, what were they last year and maybe a little bit of improvement. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about, okay, let's bring in Garrett Riley, like it could be a top 10 offense. And so that would significantly change their outlook, I think. I, I even if it even if it is just top twenty or top twenty-five, that's that's still going to be really good. Like they still yeah. have ball. Clemson still has a lot of talent on defense, and I, I think maybe that gets overlooked. Like their linebackers are elite, maybe yes. the best linebacker core in the country. So yeah, like I think they'll win a lot of games. And the ACC, we can just be honest, the ACC is not very good. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just objectively not that great. And the, like the, there's not much depth, like the, the team's kind of down ballot, like who you, your four, your five, your six team ranked team in the conference is not up to par with some of like the other power five. Like it it's almost impossible to... to see someone not named Clemson or Florida state winning it. Exactly. Like you could say maybe Miami pops off and has like a tremendous year and you're like, like, okay, like you could kind of get there, but it, it'd be a shock. Like it should be Clemson's like they are the most talented Clemson's or Florida state. So they're, yeah, they've they've separated themselves, and there's not much depth. There's just really not much depth in this league. Is kind of what I'm getting at. So yeah, I I think Clemson is. Um, we've been hyping them all year. You got got to stay on the hype train. By the way, the weakness of their defense last year was the secondary. Right. Um, they were playing a lot of freshmen. The nice thing about playing a lot of freshmen is that they become sophomores, and yeah. I expect their secondary to take a big step up this year. Not quite sure about the pass rush. I know they feel good about the interior defensive line. I know they lost Brzee, but they still have Tyler Davis somehow still is, is there. And uh, Peter Woods, the five-star, I think from Alabama. Yeah. Um, sounds like he's really impressing as, as a true freshman. So, yeah, we'll see if they can find a pass rush. Um, that hasn't been an issue for them in a long time, um, maybe more so this year than typically. But I think the rest of the defense will be great. So. Anything else on Clemson before we move no. on? No, I'm ready to move. 
Okay, also sitting at nine and a half or ten wins, depending where you look in Vegas, is Florida State. Yeah. Mike Norvell has done a nice job there. They went ten and three last year, which was a huge surprise. They had kind of been struggling along, showing some slight improvement so far in, in his tenure, and then last year it sort of broke right for him. They did lose those three games all in a row, and so for a little bit it looked like they were slipping, but then they kind of figured it out again. Huge opportunity for Florida State this year. They have a really experienced team. Jordan Travis is one of the, probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the country. They might have one of the top five defensive linemen in the country with Jared Verse returning. Most people thought he would be a first-round pick. Yeah. Johnny Wilson is back. Um, they also brought in Keon Coleman, the receiver from Michigan State. So they got good, they got good uh, receivers, should have a good passing game. Um, I don't know, like, where do you want to go with this team? Like, wh- what are your questions about Florida State? Experience, I think. Like, mm-hmm. how do they how do they react to, you know, having this preseason hype? Florida State is a trendy playoff pick right now. Yeah. And, like, that hasn't been the case in a really long time. So, I will say, in, like, my theme overall on Florida State is maybe they're a little overhyped this year. This might just be, this is a little soon. It feels a little soon because they haven't been here before and the recruiting hasn't been fantastic. It's been good. It hasn't been elite, right? But Norvell has done a great job after losing Travis Hunter after, I mean, your program really could have gone a lot of different ways after that happened. You were kind of made fun of. They rebounded quite well. Like you mentioned, the guys that they've been taking out of the portal, they have elite receivers. Like, I think they have a really, really good receiver core. Um, Jordan Travis there another year, kind of Heisman hopeful, like a dark horse Heisman candidate. That's that's a really good job from Norvell of, of kind of circling the wagons a little bit after. I mean, that was some bad publicity. It really was. Like, that was like, it could have gone a lot of different ways. And he kept the train on the tracks. They've clearly made some steps forward. I mean, that's mm-hmm. without a doubt. They they have they have really good top end talent. I don't think they have the depth that Clemson does. I don't yeah. think they have as, like the the depth that other potential playoff teams have. Um, so like that's maybe kind of where I was nitpicking them a little bit. Um, that said, this is still a very gettable conference that we've talked about. This is not this is not the SEC. This isn't the Big Ten. Florida State absolutely could win this. They are a real threat to win this conference. I still, yeah, I, I just view them as, as a step behind Clemson. I do. I think I think right now they're a slight favorite overall to win the ACC. Um, that's what I just seen. The last one I just pulled up just a few minutes ago. They were just a very slight favorite over Clemson. You're, I mean, it's kind of a coin flip, really. I don't know. I, oh. <laughs> do you think they beat LSU? Like, do you think they beat LSU in, in, in the opening week? That's a tricky one. LSU's favored by two and a half. It is a neutral site, kind of. It's in Orlando, right? Right. They're, they're LSU's favored by two and a half. Clemson's favored by three in that game against Florida State. So in your first month, you're you're a dog in two games by a field goal or, yeah, almost that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to kind of go through the schedule and break it down with an over-under of nine and a half. You really have to ask these questions, like, where are these losses going to come? I think Florida could be tricky at the end of the year. Sure. You have to go to the swamp and play Florida, and that that's tough. And if you lose to LSU and Clemson, like you're currently favored to do, you can, and you lose to Florida, that's it. You go under, even if you you know win all the other games in between. So 
I don't know. I, I'm right there. I think nine and a half is a great number for mm-hmm. me. I'm going to lean slightly to the under. I say they go nine and three. I think they drop a game they shouldn't. Um, yeah, I don't, just a year too early. They're just a little early. I don't know. I just I don't trust them yet. Yeah, I, I'm with you on a lot of that. The the depth part. It's nice that their two toughest games are in September. Sure. So theoretically, they might still be healthy, and you know they they've played a lot of football together. This most of this team, so I would imagine that right away they are going to be a good team. It's not going to it's not going to be one of those teams where you really have to grow throughout the course of the season because you got a whole bunch of new starters and they're all growing together and all of that thing. Like when they play mm-hmm. LSU, they should be in good shape. When they play Clemson towards the end of September, they should be in good shape. They do have to go to Clemson, and you asked if I think they're going to beat LSU. I don't know. Like LSU, of all the of all the teams that I view as national title contenders this year, LSU <laughs> has one of the widest range of like potential outcomes, I guess, just based on what they were last year. They had some incredible sure. games last year. They beat Alabama, but I then know. they also like they lost to Texas A and M, and just had some really weird head scratching games. So, yeah, Florida State can absolutely beat LSU. Mm-hmm. I would power rank LSU above them. Like, I would I would tend to view LSU as better than them, but I almost view Florida State's floor as higher. Like, I, I almost trust Florida State a little bit more, really? although I think that LSU has more potential. Does it help at all that this game, like, okay, Florida, Florida State won a year ago, like you mentioned, sure. a crazy game, instant classic. That was yeah. awesome game. So you, you did beat them a year ago, and, and granted, that was the, the first game under Brian Kelly. Does, it, does that give them a mental edge, knowing that they've already – like we've already done it once, we beat these guys a year ago? Yeah. I mean, this is the type of game where no matter what happens, like the, there will be storylines coming out of it that you could have predicted beforehand. Either, right. yeah, Florida State, they had the mental edge because they knew they could do it, or LSU won because – they were getting revenge for last year. Like mm-hmm. some of that is just crap. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like a Florida state should be prepared. They're going to play a good game, I think. And I think LSU will probably also show up and play well. I, I think I'm with you. I like that. There's a 10 here as far as the win total goes and I'll take the under, I'll join you on that and, and take it at 10 because that's a little bit of push insurance. I just, can I have, can I have 10 as well? I want, yeah, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, they're good on both sides of the ball. I really like this Florida State team. But I'm kind of with you. Kind of what you said about just like Clemson has been recruiting a little better than them. And you can kind of make up for some of that with the portal. Mm-hmm. But you're, sure. you're not going to find a ton of just absolute studs in the portal. You're going to fill out your roster. And they did find a few studs, to be fair, in the portal. They, sure. they found That's where they found Jared Verse and Jordan Travis. But... Yeah, I don't know. I just I just trust Clemson a little bit more as far as just the upper end of it, like the the top end of it. And I think Garrett something, Riley is the difference for that. Something that I that I thought was interesting was just the difference, the gap in overall team talent. Like you can go into like twenty four seven, like look at at overall team talent. Clemson with a clear edge there in the ACC, yes. and and like that does matter. Like when you talk, like you consider like depth, and what does it take to be a a a conference champion, but also like a, a potential playoff team, it requires that depth. Like, I think that's where Clemson is 
they're, they're a step above everyone else in that conference. And even though there are some veteran playmakers like Clemson, if Clemson had FSU's receivers, you would pick them to potentially like they could win it all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they would have mm-hmm. that, that top end talent to win it all. They don't have like those big physical, you know, receivers anymore. Yeah. So yeah. Like you, you do like FSU's weapons for sure. And you definitely like the way they're trending. It just feels a little early yet. Like that talent, the talent does matter. The, the stars do still matter. And Clemson's got a few more right now. Yeah. Speaking of that talent, uh, Bud Elliott from 24 seven sports released the blue chip ratio for this year. And Clemson is fifth in the country at 72%. And Florida State, uh, hold on, let me find it. Um, They were not one of the blue chip ratio teams. They were 39 or something. I'm I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it. Uh, If you include transfers for them, you go up to 41%. Without transfers, they were 38%. So that's right. like and you have to good. be fifty, right? Like you got to you have to be at right. fifty. The 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 thought process with that is that you have to be at fifty to win the title. You don't have right. to be at fifty to win the playoff or to win the ACC. Huh? Like they can absolutely to they can absolutely go to the playoff. They can win the ACC, but I don't feel quite as good about their ceiling as I do about Clemson. Yeah, and yeah, I think like we're kind of at the same place there. I, yeah. yeah, I think it's a good place, and and. Yeah, they could if they if they beat LSU week one, it's all off. Like like they yeah. could yeah, like everything's out there for FSU if they beat LSU week one. So yeah. they get a chance to prove us wrong. They have a they have an opportunity to prove us wrong. And by the way, teams that that do kind of defy the odds of the lack of talent are teams that have a really good quarterback, some yes. really good playmakers on the edge, and a really solid coaching staff. And if you do that and you've got like a really good pass rusher, which they do like you're really good at some key positions, you can overcome that lack of depth that you have to beat someone in a one-off game, a game 60 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to play Clemson 12 times. You just get them once. So yeah, like this, this could happen for Florida state it does not by, by any means mean it's over for them. We just, we like the stars that Clemson has the recruiting rankings that Clemson has a little bit more. Yeah. Johnny Wilson, by the way, is really explosive. He's a good receiver. I just want him to catch a few more balls. Like as far as like, don't yeah. drop him. Like, ah, just he's one of those receivers that just drops a few too many. Like, yeah, yeah. Just I just want to see that go away this year. <laughs> sure. Okay. Next, we'll move on to North Carolina. Mac Brown, uh, the head coach there, nine and five last year. A bit of a disappointing nine and five. It felt like they could be better. Um, their win total this year is at eight and a half. So Vegas thinks that they'll be roughly the same this year. Drake May is a quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They did lose their offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, to Wisconsin and replaced him with Chip Lindsey uh, from UCF. And kind of some mixed reviews on that, just from maybe reviews is the wrong word. I, I don't know. There's mixed feelings on that hire from, from different people. Something, some think it will work out well. Others feel like it's a clear downgrade from Longo. Remains to be seen, obviously. I do think that their offense, because they have Drake May, it, it's not going to suck. Like they're going to have good offense again. Their defense. That's, I mean, that's where it's been for them the last couple of years. Their defense has just been horrible. They have one really good linebacker, Cedric Gray. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you have any hope for this, this, this defense to be better and then in turn the, the team? I mean, 
Not really. Like, <laughs> like the, the short answer is no, not really. Isn't it a little bit telling when Longo leaves to go to Wisconsin? Hmm. Well, like, doesn't, doesn't that mean something? Longo was a very coveted name, by the way, in a year where, you know, high profile offensive coordinators were in demand, right? Everyone yes. wanted one and Alabama included like, like why? Yeah. He, he kind of dipped out pretty quick and goes with fickle to Wisconsin, which by the way is, is probably a really good job. Like we think he's going to do a good job there, but just why leave? Like, like that's the question. Why, why leave? You got a, a, a future first rounder at quarterback that you had, like he's going to make you look good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just a little bit telling why he's leaving. And I know that doesn't answer the question that you asked me as to, you know, will the defense be better? <laughs> Isn't it just a question of like culture, like overall, like, do we think like, is Mac Brown is the, has the experiment worked, right? Like Mac Brown leaves Texas. He's in TV for a while, goes to North Carolina. They get some talented guys. They yeah. really do. Like They have some, some really talented dudes that have gone through North Carolina since he's been there. Like, I'm just I've, overall as a team, they haven't put it together yet. And like, that's all I'll say. Like, it's just, it's a, it was a warning sign for me when Longo left. And it means that, no, I don't think the defense will be a whole lot better. And maybe that's why he left. He got like, he wants to win some games. I don't know. Yeah. And they lost a number of their players um, to the portal. Um, their, uh, what was that former five-star corner? I forget his name. Hmm. Uh, went to A&M. Um, Storm Duck, who had one of the best names in the ACC, another corner, oh, uh, yes. transferred out as well. And it just, yeah. So a year ago, they hired Gene Chizik to be the defensive coordinator. And right. their defense went from like 115th to 105th or something like that. Like it's sure. still just way, way down the list of where they should be. And, they, and they've recruited better under Mac Brown than they were before. He has improved some things. But most of that is on the offense. Like they they brought yeah. in, they've brought in good good players in the offense. They still have good good receivers, even though they lose Josh Downs and uh, I want to say Antoine Green. Um, sorry, some of this I'm just operating off of memory. But I know they still have other good receivers. They they've recruited pretty well there. The offense, I, I do, I'm not that worried about the offense. Like I said, but it, it's just the defense needs to figure it out. Gene Chizik. That felt like an uninspired hire at the time, and and last year didn't do anything to make me think otherwise. If you look at their schedule, which is obviously what we're talking about here, can they go over eight and a half wins? They play South Carolina to open the season. They play App State, which, hey, <laughs> that was an instant classic last year. They sure. also play Minnesota. Like, can you make it a more difficult non-con? They, they get Campbell later in the year, but three of those four non-conference games, South Carolina, App State, and Minnesota. Like, what? Why? <laughs> right. The The South Carolina game is interesting. We have a line out for it. Um, it's at North Carolina. North Carolina is favored by a point and a half, which I like. I was actually kind of surprised that. Mm-hmm. I figured maybe that would be the other way. Um, there's there's clearly talent there, and Drake May can cover up a lot of problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Josh Downs, Josh Downs does leave, but like Drake May can still take care. He can wallpaper over a lot of problems that you may have, and he can outscore people kind of by himself. So the the numbers at eight and a half. Did, did you have was it just eight and a half, or could you go could you go to nine? I think all I found was at eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. You need an answer here, don't you? I'm still, I'm it's, still, this one was one that I'm pretty much a coin flip on because I don't have a myself. great feel. 
I don't have a great feel either way. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I I think they're just a little. I think they're mediocre. I I do. Yeah. I think it's it's they're pretty mediocre. They have like seven or eight coin flip games. Like it's right. it's the type of schedule that could go so many different directions, just kind of depending on how they play. What North mm-hmm. Carolina team shows up this year? They have the talent to be top three in the ACC easily, but who knows? Um, yeah, it was, think- it was just it was some of the head scratching games too for them. Like like they could look good sometimes, and then yeah, sometimes something else happens. And you like you you just you can't understand like like how do you lose to like yeah Georgia Tech? Like how does how does that happen late in the year? So. It was yeah. Some of those games were like you're a huge favorite and 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 you lose outright. It, it was just it was a struggle. And then like you you do beat Wake Forest, who was a good team last year. Like Wake yeah. was a good team, and you beat them. Yeah, and and then the next week lose to Georgia Tech. Like it's that's kind of who they are. And you mentioned a lot of flip games. We talked about how the ACC is is very kind of weak as a conference. It it brings on a lot of these these coin flip type games where you're not completely sure. Like it's it could be. Yeah, like anything could happen there. So we're not. I'm not going to bet on them. Let's just say that. Right. I'm not going to be betting on North Carolina. Um, I'll be going under just slightly. I will join you in the under. That feel eight and four feels like it would be a pretty solid year for them, and that would be under eight and a half, obviously. So could see them going over, but I, I'll, I'll join you on the underside there. Okay, next we have Louisville. Louisville, sorry. Sorry, Louisville fans. Um, eight and five a year ago. And then their coach left slash was encouraged to leave in Scott Satterfield. And they brought in Jeff okay. Brom, the, right. the the chosen one. The old Louisville quarterback comes comes from Purdue. After turning them down, I think, four years ago, um, <laughs> their line set at eight or eight and a half wins. So Vegas is pretty high on them. They were actually solid last year. So, yeah, but this year the team will look completely different. They bring in Jack Plummer, who it sounds like will pretty clearly be the starter there. They have some other guys, but it sounds like he's kind of separated himself. And and Brom also brought in like all kinds of other transfers. They brought in five transfer receivers and five transfer offensive linemen. Yeah. Um and six transfer D- DBs, um, including a guy you know, Marcus Washington, who played for Georgia. Yeah. Um, their defense was pretty good last year. They did lose most of their pass rushers, but still feel like they might have a decent defense. One name that I'm hearing a little bit about is Jarvis Brownlee, um, who has a chance to be pretty good. But really with Louisville, because it's a new coach, I th- I'd say it's more of a – probably looking at them more of a bigger picture than getting into the weeds with some of those different positions. How, how do you view Louisville, or do you have specific thoughts deep in the weeds of them? Satterfield was he's been on the way out for a while right sure. like that's been that's been coming Brom going to Louisville confused me it did like like why leave a job to I, I understand like yeah from Louisville Louisville ties and and that's that's great the ACC you want to be in the Big Ten like we'll just say that for the, in the coming years with a big changeup that's happening you don't want to be in the ACC right now <laughs> which was kind of confusing to me um, that's kind of, that's super big picture in the meantime, he could be really good. 
you look at, at, at Louisville's schedule, they avoid Clemson, they avoid Florida State. They avoid kind of the two big boys in that conference. Yeah. They do play They do play um, Notre Dame. It's a home game for them. They but also they avoid North trade. Carolina, by the way. They don't play <laughs> North Carolina. They do, and they always have their, their yearly matchup with Kentucky, which is, I mean, that's always a tough one for Louisville, right? The, num- the number at eight and a half, I like Louisville. I think Louisville covers. I'm, I'm going to go over um, only just, mainly because the schedule – the schedule kind of lines up for him. The schedule really lines up for him. You catch Notre Dame and you catch uh, Kentucky non-conference games, but it doesn't matter. I think, I think they'll be fine. I think you can, I think you can drop, you can drop both of those. You can drop another one and still be okay. Yeah. I think the schedule is very favorable. Can get you some push insurance with an eight, by the way. Let's do it, please. And I'm going to join you on the over. I really love this hire for Louisville. Um, yeah, it did. It does feel like maybe he maxed out what he can do at Purdue, um, Jeff Brom, of course, and so he goes to Louisville to see if he can do something with the alma mater. The ACC is, other than the top two, it's wide open. So we could literally see Louisville be number three in the ACC in year one with Brom. Theoretically, it's possible. Sure. Well, hopefully, we can come up with some differences of opinion before long, because so far we've agreed on every pick. And next we have Miami, Mario Cristobal going into his second season. Five and seven a year ago, a very disappointing first year, and they got two new coordinators. It just didn't work out last year. He brings in Shannon Dawson and Lance uh, Guidry. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke is back at quarterback. Um, receiver was a huge problem for them last year. They bring in Tyler Harrell, of, yes. formerly of Louisville and Alabama. Um so I guess hopefully that will help kind of fix some of that, which it still kind of blows my mind that Miami would have problem finding athletes that can play receiver well. But that's kind of where they were last year. Any any thoughts from you kind of on their offense? Like, do you feel like their offense will take a step up from where they were last year, which was kind of trash? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like to believe that, yes, they will, um, because it was really bad. It was it was awful. Um, do you remember when they played Texas A&M last year? And we, at the time, both of these teams were highly ranked and were like, this is a good game. A lot of defense in this game. The offenses, they're struggling, but the defenses have to be just that good. And then, like, they <laughs> kept playing weeks later, and you realize, like, both of those teams are trash, man. They're yeah. both trash. So, yeah. It, I, I hope it's not the same thing this year for Miami. Okay. The, the talent is there. They have a lot of talent. By the way, they, they did last year too, which is kind of the bummer. <laughs> but like you look at like like the talent composite, they're they're a talented football team. Van Dyke was a dark horse Heisman contender a year ago in the preseason. Yeah, like it was someone who like we we talked about, right? Like it it could be, but like yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of a stretch. I think the offense gets better. I do. Mm-hmm. I think the offense gets a lot better. Um, they get Clemson at their place. I don't think they beat Clemson. I think Clemson's better than Miami, but I think that game could be close. I think they could keep that game close. You have, like we mentioned, this this conference not is not that good. It's not that good. There's a lot of wins out here. You can you can beat Virginia. You can beat Georgia Tech. You can beat Boston College. I think Miami does. I have them going over. This was one that I circled early on. I think they have too much wow. talent. I think they go over on on it on. It was seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think it's a bounce back here. Um, you disagree? I'm not sure. So, like, 
They clearly should go over. Like they absolutely should. They actually, if you talk about the talent of the team, there's they're at sixty one percent in the blue chip ratio, right between I Florida know. and Penn State. Like they're they're a talented team. Probably the second most talented roster in the in the conference. But then, like, there's a reason we trust Florida State so much more than Miami. But yeah, like, they have the talent. They, you know, they got they get Texas A&M at home this year. Yeah. They get Clemson at home. Oh man, yeah, they got have to go to Florida State. But yeah, they could. To me, it's not so much that they need to beat any of those teams. They just need to start winning all the games they're supposed to win. And if they do that, they can go nine and three, easily. <sighs> I feel like <laughs> such a fool even doing it, but like, yeah, it almost has to be better this year. Like, there's there's no way it could be as bad as it was last year. So I'll join you on the over. And and I, there's certain teams you always just feel terrible taking the over. You know, Texas, Miami, Texas A&M, but here I am falling for it again. So why don't I just jump into that with you? <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts on Miami? <laughs> no, no, not really. That that week two game is going to be really interesting. The mm-hmm. one against AM. Um, yeah. Just because like these coaching staffs, first of all, even in his time at Oregon, he's always recruited. Like he can yeah. just he's a natural recruiter. Like he's it's never been that. It's never been the like the lack of talent. He's always had guys. Mm-hmm. Somehow the the game day decisions are not great. They're not. And how you don't get up for Middle Tennessee State last, mm. like, a year ago is it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch that and be like, yeah, that's my coach. But some of these other guys, some of these other, like, you know, hey, Saban didn't have a good year one. Kirby Smart didn't have a good year one. Both of those guys have won multiple national championships. With Dabo, it was a slow burn, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it just takes some time. Can we can we discount you know, a slow start and, and let him build up because there's no doubt that he's doing the right things in terms of talent. He's doing the the prerequisite required to win conference championships and to go to the playoff. He mm-hmm. is. He's, it starts out with recruiting. So he's doing that. And if he can get like, like a really good offensive play caller in there and someone that can develop his quarterbacks, there's no doubt that, that this, the, the ceiling is very, very high for Miami just because of the, the talent around there. So yeah, like you're in a, you'll always have really good players at Miami. Um, I, I'd like it. I'd like for it to work out for him. I would like for it to work out for him. I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting with my money. I have him going over. I'm, I'm putting something on this. I, I do think that he's going to, at some point, and this feels a little bit like Jimbo, like they both, they both know the power of recruiting and the importance of that. But he, at some point it feels like maybe he has to take, take his fingerprints off the offense a little bit and let the guy cook. Um, I don't know. I do think that just naturally they will be better this year than they were last year. Brought in a good recruiting class, by the way, and (laughs) and I expect some of those guys will contribute as true freshmen. So that can't hurt. Okay, let's move on to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pat Narduzzi, of course, the head coach there, nine and four a year ago, which, yeah, it felt like kind of a weird year for Pitt, although in another way, it was also sort of exactly Pitt. Um, Kind of what we've come to expect from them is compete at or near the top of the ACC, but rarely actually be quite good enough to win it. Um, it's going to look a little different this year. They brought in Phil Dracovic, who was at Boston College for a couple of years, and 
Notre Dame yes, a couple sir. years. And by the way, Phil Dracovic, to to put a pin in how to put a point on how old he actually is, he was in the same recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So he has been in college for a while. Um, coming to Pittsburgh, hopefully we'll see a little bit better offense from them after taking a step back last year. Um, yeah, we remember some of the infamous quotes from a year ago where Narduzzi was a little <laughs> upset with the way his offense played the year before when they had a Heisman finalist at quarterback and, and the Bletnikoff winner, and they didn't run the ball well enough. So anyway, um, be, it, be that as it may, he does an excellent job of bringing in defensive talent particularly to fit his system. It does. They, they don't do a whole lot of things um, – they don't do a whole lot of different things on defense, but they always have a good defensive line. They always have like big physical corners. They they do an excellent job of playing physically on defense and playing well and getting more out of their defensive talent than you would expect based on recruiting rankings. Is it just more of the same from Pitt? Like, do you kind of expect the same thing again this year? I think so. I think so. Um, he's... Okay, so they lose. Uh, is it Israel Abanacanda? Yes, I love I love the that running back. Yeah, they lost like the running back. He was a stud. He was a really mm-hmm. good running back a year ago. He's gone, but I think Pitt is more of a program. Like they're not really reliant on just one individual guy. Um, I think I think that's kind of how the coach prefers it. You mentioned some of the comments that he made that we laughed at, right? Because you know how how could we be throwing the ball all over the place and yeah have the best receiver in all of football and be happy like it's they're more yeah he he they're more Pitt is a program where like the them as a whole is just greater than than the parts right like when you, you put everything together it it's just somehow just better it just magically is better the defense is good it's always salty right they have a, a fairly it's a, it's an interesting schedule you mean like they they avoid Clemson which I think is always it's great if you can avoid Clemson um, they do catch Florida State, but that's a home game for them. They may, maybe keep that one close. Notre Dame, you have to go to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I like Pitt to go over. I think they keep doing what they've been doing. I know we 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 laugh at Narduzzi, and he makes some interesting comments. By the way, he's a he's a really great quote right now. Like this guy's yeah. throwing out some he's throwing out some some heat even towards was it Dion that he kind of went after last week yeah. <laughs> um, where he was really kind of chirping or maybe it was just maybe college football like the whole NIL thing everything in you know in general that's kind of the kind of guy that he you know he seems to be but they're good like they there's just Pitt is just sneaky good they're solid. And the pro, they're they're a really good place as a program. They're kind of like the the Kentucky of the ACC. You could kind of say mm-hmm. like kind of similar, maybe similar coaching styles. Um, except, yeah, they, they win nine games, you know, and Kentucky doesn't. So, yeah, no, I like Pitt. I think they'll have another good year. Yeah, I, I would I would have maybe compared them to like the old Wisconsin teams, like I like that because like that. he has a, a clear system. Like he, they do yes. have a good floor. Like they. I disagree with him on a lot of things just based on like the explosiveness and offense and that type of thing. And I think that their ceiling is probably hampered by it, but part of the reason it works out is because he does raise that floor because they have a clear system that he recruits to and that he coaches by and it works. It works to a point. Like it works for what they have been. Mm -hmm. I think I'm with you. Like their line is a six and a half or seven. To me, that just feels a little too low for Pitt. And 
if you're looking at their schedule, they play Cincinnati. And sure. I just I'm not nearly as high on Cincinnati as I have been, quite frankly, with Luke Fickle as their coach. Like they now have Scott Satterfield. I love that they play West Virginia again this year. Like we need the backyard brawl every year. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so much fun last year to basically open up the season. And yeah, I mean, we we at some point it's a broken record, but the the whole middle of the ACC, like it's it's there for the taking. I don't know that I expect Pitt to be third in the ACC or fourth, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be a top half ACC team and probably closer to four than to seven. So, yeah, to me that feels like they're winning at least seven games, and I don't know how high their ceiling is, but they're a solid team. And, yeah, six and a half is just too low. Incredible disrespect towards Pat Narduzzi with that line. It was very low. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I think that's that's something that you can just kind of go and, and make some easy money on. Pitt, um, Narduzzi, guy, guys like that and programs like that, they kind of, they, they become, an, they have their own identity, right? Like you mentioned the running game and kind of compared them to like Wisconsin. I think I think that's really good. I Like just the, the they're going to be really physical. Like they're going to try to run the ball at you. Um, they, they're going to, they're not going to really be super tricky. Like it's not going to be super, yeah, it's not, not, no Mickey Mouse offense at all. Like yeah. it's not a whole lot of fun, maybe not even a whole lot of points, but they will be more physical than you. And you can beat a lot of teams, especially in the ACC. You can beat a lot of these teams by being more physical than them. And that's what, that's what Pitt is trying to do. Um, and I respect it. And yeah, we'll, we'll bet on that one. Yeah. And by the way, just one note on Phil Dracovic. He is from Pittsburgh. Like that's where he grew up sure. and didn't have a great year last year, but Boston College's offensive line was absolute garbage a year ago. So I would expect a nice bounce back from him just based on having a more competent program and a little better protection at Pitt. Like, I I do think that's actually a pretty decent pickup for them. And he likes to run the ball. I think he's going to fit their system pretty well. So just just something to think about. I like it. All right, NC State is next. We have them um, at six and a half or seven wins um, per Vegas. Dave Dorn, the coach there, eight and five a year ago. And kind of a weird year. Like last year, it felt like it was it was maybe their chance to actually win the ACC. And then Devin Leary got hurt, and they had some other issues and, and just didn't quite work out. Um, Tim Beck left. I believe he went to be a head coach somewhere. And they brought in uh, Robert and I, the offensive coordinator, who's had some good offenses at Virginia and Syracuse. And and uh, Renan Armstrong, they brought him in in the portal. Looks like he'll probably be the guy, although MJ Morris played pretty well yeah. last year. Um, kind of a win by them to be able to bring in a transfer quarterback and still hold on to the young, talented guy. So gives you two decent options. Armstrong had his best year two years ago with Robert Anais, his offensive coordinator. Um, looked pretty good um, in the spring, although did throw some interceptions in the spring game. Um, but yeah, like I think that their offensive system might improve <laughs> going to Robert and I, and they might not have quite a guy of Devin Leary's caliber, but they got they're they're going to have solid quarterback play. Um, yeah, I guess with NC State, you never you never expect them to have like incredible skill talent, but you expect decent quarterback play, de- decent offensive lines, and their defense should still be pretty good. They. They uh, still have a pretty good defensive line. Um, lost some really good linebackers that are going to be tough to replace. But, um, yeah, like I think they feel good about their corners at least. Maybe not the safeties quite as much. But 
it feels like a fairly is it bad to say it, it kind of feels like a typical NC State team like sort of what we just talked about with Pittsburgh like they kind of they kind of fill the same spot in the ACC in my mind uh-huh. and in some ways it looks similar they have somewhat different styles but they they play pretty good defense most years and and it, to me it feels like that's probably what we can expect from NC State again this year do you have them going over or under what do you have on this one you just just a minute just I have it decided <laughs> okay <laughs> just a minute to look at their schedule they do catch notre dame which by the way you see notre dame that's a theme they're playing a ton of acc teams um nc state they get notre dame week two at their place right um the the duke game they go to duke which mm-hmm. like duke is no joke anymore duke is good you get Miami or you get miami and clemson in back-to-back weeks and you at home, get thankfully North, for both of at those. home, right? And then you also get North Carolina at home. So mm-hmm. your tougher games and lose the most. <laughs> your tougher games are at home. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your decision? They're not They're not catching Florida State. Do they do not catch Florida State this year? Yeah, it's honestly kind of shocking because their toughest road games are like Duke and Wake. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like that schedule. Now they do have tough home games, like. You could argue that if you're trying to, if you're trying to, like win the ACC, this is a perfect schedule for it. But if you're trying to just get to, if you're sort of a middle of the road team, like you'd rather almost play some of the tougher opponents on the road just to get those out of the way. Like you're probably gonna lose anyway. Right. That said, NC State, yeah, I'm I'm going over. It just that schedule as far as the home road split is just too nice. Um, they do have to go to UConn, so. You know, who made a bowl game last year. So we can't overlook that one. But no, for real, like NC State, I do think that they – I'm not even all that comfortable predicting which wins they are, like which games they win, but there's enough winnable games there for them. I think they can go over six and a half. So we have we have disagreement here. I think Finally, they go, let's go. Yeah, I, I think they go under. Um, you mentioned the the tough games that they have all at home. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. You'd rather just have those on the road, take your loss and go on. I'd much rather play Virginia Tech at my place than have to go to Virginia Tech. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? True. Like that can be a, that, if that place gets loud, that can be a tricky away game. Let's just go ahead and, you know, let's take our, our loss on the road to Clemson and then we'll, we'll get Virginia Tech at our place is more like mm-hmm. where I'd like to have the schedule. Um, you don't catch Florida State, which is good, but I don't really care. I think NC State, the, the loss of the quarterback to Kentucky is too much to overcome. I think they go on. Yeah, I could see that. I don't feel very confident about this one. Um, I guess it's more just, I, I like the the hire of Robert and I, and just hmm. kind of trust is the wrong word because I really don't trust NC State ever. But I do, I do feel like they have somewhat of a floor that they won't drop under in the ACC. And I think they're more talented than most of the bottom half teams in the league. So I'll, I'll say they go seven and five. Finally, okay. a disagreement, though. I'm, I'm glad we finally have a disagreement. There we go. Okay, next we have Syracuse. Um, Dino Babers there has been there for a long time um, and returns, of course, seven and six a year ago. Their win total is at six and a half. Um, Garrett Schrader returns a quarterback. Kind of a Kind of a fun guy to watch, like tough runner, you know, makes some decent throws here and there. Syracuse is kind of a weird team. Like you never, they always seem to have something that kind of surprises you either, either side Uh of the ball. Um, 
they're not projected to be very good this year by SP+. Um, their offense is not projected to be very good in particular, but their defense is actually supposed to be kind of middle of the road, which is not what we're used to saying for Syracuse. Um, before we kind of go into the schedule, like what do you think about the Syracuse team? Like, do you expect them to still be okay? I mean, decent last, decent year last year, clearly. Um, well, something something to note, they started out last year 6-0, and right? Like a fantastic yeah. start. And then had, I think, five straight losses. And then they got mm-hmm. a win, and then they lost in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they, they ended on, yeah, very much a low. Babers is like he's been he's been considered to be on the hot seat for a while right and and you're right by syracuse standards uh, starting out six and oh is fantastic but the the over under is six and a half this year i think it's more of a return to syracuse i think they go under i have them under i think they win four or five games i don't even know if they get to six and get bowl eligible so yeah i think i think the trend of last year kind of continues i think they struggle a little bit more this year um, yeah, I have them going under. I'm with you. If you kind of looking at their schedule, if you look at kind of the teams that are on their level, like they have to go to Purdue, they have to go to Virginia Tech, and they have to go to Georgia Tech. It's not that they can't win any of those games, but that's a little scary. Like, there's not that many games in their schedule that you just feel really comfortable with. And mm-hmm. yeah, I six and a half felt like a lot of respect to the Syracuse team. Um, sort of considering the level of talent there, which is not amazing. Any other thoughts on Syracuse? No. Okay, next we have Duke, who was like this, probably the biggest surprise of the ACC a year ago. Nine and four, Mike Elko's first year, did a really great job. I think their win total was like three and a half or something like that, and they win, win nine games. Um, their win total this year is six or six and a half, and – they did have a quite a bit of turnover luck last year, which is probably some of the reason for that. But still, like they were clearly better than anticipated last year, even considering turnover luck. Riley Leonard is, I think most people would say the number three quarterback in the ACC, which is impressive. Like nobody knew about this guy a year ago, and he put it in a really good year. Uh, sure. One of the receivers, Jalen Calhoun, is is really good. One of the better ones in the conference that no one has ever heard of, and. Yeah, I was just really impressed by what the job Mike Elko did coming into a program that kind of felt like, I don't know, like they, they were just dead in the water. And it's not that they were awesome, but they were so much better than I expected last year and just brought a sense of stability, I guess. And you could actually expect them to fight. And another big thing they did is – a last year when they brought in Elko, they also started paying their assistants more and started investing in the program. And look, you invest in the program and then you go nine and four. Like, do you need any better proof that putting money into your football program is, is the main thing towards making it better and making a good hire, like do those things, nail your hire and put money in the program and you'll be fine. When you, when you look at, when you look at Duke's schedule, for this year. And I don't know if you have much. Duke has a rough schedule. Uh, you hmm. week, Yeah, week one is Clemson. Um, they catch Notre Dame at, at home. You go on the road at Florida State. You also play on the road at North Carolina. You get Pitt at home. Those are tough games. Like, those are tricky mm-hmm. games. I still have Duke going over. Wow. I, I, I like Duke. 
Um, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I bought in a little bit with Elko. I think he, okay, so clearly he was doing something right there. Like it wasn't just the, the money that was spent, right? Like they, mm-hmm. overall, that team played above their talent. Like, right, like they they clearly um, exceeded all expectations last year. I think they'll continue. I think six and a half, which is the number, it feels, yeah. I can get you a six, won- by the way. Six is great. They won nine last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they they did a lot of winning. By the way, they were ten and three against the spread last year um, overall. So like that's at a seventy six, almost a seventy seven percent clip. You love that. Let's keep betting on Duke. Gonna ride the hot hand. Let's let's go over. All right, we finally have another disagreement. Um, I'm gonna go under the six and a half. You can go over the six. I. <sighs> I do think their schedule is pretty tough. It's all the things you said. Yeah, I could definitely see them going over again. But, and here, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they're going to fail or anything like that. I think if they go 6-6 six and six this year, considering where they were two years ago, like that's still a, a good job by Mike Elko, and they happen to take teams by surprise and in his first year, and teams will be a little more prepared for them this year. Six and six to me is still a pretty successful year for them, considering where their program is. So I guess that's my prediction, six and six. And, but even though that would be three fewer wins than a year ago, I would still view that as the arrow on the program would still be pointed up. Like, I think there's a way for that to be true. Yeah, no, yeah. But I think both of those things can be true. Like, even if they do hit the under there, there's there's no doubt that he has elevated where like where they were as a program like maybe yeah. that's what you were trying to say yeah absolutely yep okay next we have wake forest dave clausen one of my favorite coaches in the country still just doing great work at wake forest um eight and five a year ago the win totals at six or six and a half this year that's definitely um reflecting of losing sam hartman who was their guy for a long time went to notre dame um they still have their offense coordinator warren ruggiero so in some ways i think that it's not that they have a a uh, personnel proof offensive system but they have one of the closer things to that in the country um they just have a really unique and effective system quite frankly on offense mitch griffiths is kind of the guy quarterback who they think will probably win the job there's there's a couple other names there um i think his brother maybe is one of them um i didn't look at the whole depth chart but okay again i apologize kind of kind of operating off of memory on some of this stuff but I like the Wake Forest program. I love what Dave Clawson has done. Um, good offensive coordinator hire, and it just feels like they always maximize the talent. Um, it is tough to lose guys like Sam Hartman and A.T. Perry. Hmm. But again, like this is a program that you don't have to get too deep into the weeds on the personnel. You kind of trust the system. Is that an oversimplification? No, no, not at all. Like there, there are certain guys that you you trust just overall. Like you trust the culture, maybe. Yeah. Is, is a word like like the the program that they've created. Yeah. No, I have I have no problem with that. Um, I have them going over. I okay. I think I know they have the schedule is difficult. I know you lose Sam Hartman. He has an ACC record 107 touchdown passes. Yeah. That he will also yeah take with him uh, to South Bend. At Perry, like you said, going to the draft. I think they'll be fine though. Like I think I think they'll rebound. I think they will be just fine. I have them. I have them going over. The schedule starts out easy, so we need some of those wins early on. We really need to beat Vanderbilt there week two. Um, so yeah, starts out pretty easy, then it gets really difficult later on. So we need to get yeah. stack our wins up early. 
Yeah, just kind of looking over that schedule, that Vanderbilt game does feel very huge, like for both of those teams um, to hit their over. Uh, Wake Forest, obviously, I would say probably has a few more opportunities to get, to pick up some wins than Vanderbilt does later in their season. But that's that's a game they need to win. Um, they do get Vanderbilt at home. Um, they get Georgia Tech at home. So you kind of like that for, for teams that are in the middle of the pack here in the ACC. You want some of those games to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay that you go to Notre Dame. Um, it's okay that you go to Clemson because those are going to be very difficult to win anyway. Um, you might as well go on the road as the underdog and see what you can do. That's fine. Um, they get Florida State at home. Like you said, it's a tough schedule, the back the back section there. But I trust this team. I trust Dave Clawson. Eight and five last year, and it feels like they could do that again. Like they could have had a better record than that last year if a few things had gone just a little differently. Um, with a six out there, I'll take over six. To me, it feels like Wake Forest is definitely a bull team. So, I like that. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Boston College. Jeff Halfley, the head coach there. Disappointing year last year, three and nine. Um, the win total is five and a half this year. And yeah, I, last year, I know you at least had some high hopes for them. And then it seemed like all of their offensive linemen got hurt. And there you have it, like season over, essentially. Yeah. They couldn't run the ball at all. They couldn't protect the quarterback. Dracovic got hit over and over and over again. And because of that, the defense was constantly on the field. And because of that, they weren't very good, even though Jeff Halfley is known for defense and was an excellent defensive coordinator at Ohio State before taking the BC job. Um, yeah, this this feels like kind of a make-or-break year for Halfley. He did some good things early in his tenure. I think you could argue that if they go five and seven, like you still want to see another year from him just because of some of the potential he's shown. But I also know, like, if you're Boston College, like, you, you do kind of want to see them making bowl games again, right? They were three and nine last year. You lose your quarterback. Where's the positives again? <laughs> like, just looking through here, it was tough to find them. So the number feels really high. The number at five and a half feels really high, considering they were three and nine last year. I was a little higher on them last year. I got burned. I won't yeah. get burned twice. I'm going under. I feel that's justified. Granted, how they treated me last year. So, yeah, I, I they should be okay. I'm 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 gonna go ahead and bet against them. I don't have a lot of positives for you. They also lost Zay Flowers. <laughs> yes. Um, they really like their receiver Joseph Griffin, um, and they have a pretty good tight end George Takis. And I guess you could argue they have lots of depth in the offensive line now because so many so many guys had to play last year. That if they're healthy this year, like that should should help like I still don't know that their offensive line will be decent but it'll at least have depth um on defense yeah it it was terrible last year and how much of that is the defense and how much of that is just the offense is never on the field so yeah they go hand in hand to some extent they did bring in a lot of transfers and it does feel like that's one thing they're just they're starting to do a little different um Halfley was never really a fan of the portal but this year he's starting to embrace it just a little bit more Uh Um, maybe some other ACC teams could learn from that. Clemson, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I guess if you're looking for bright spots, they don't play Notre Dame or Clemson this year. <laughs> um, they start out with NIU and Holy Cross. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to have to join you. Like, 
They also get UConn. So there's some very winnable games there, but at five and a half, I don't know, man. Like you also lost Phil Dracovic to a conference opponent. Emmett Moorhead is probably the guy at quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of grasping for positives because there's not a whole lot there. So we've agreed on most of our picks, and I guess here we will do it again. Any other thoughts okay. on Boston College? No, that was enough. All right. Next we have Virginia Tech. Brent Pry was the first year head coach last year. They went three and eight. Um, and their win total set at five or five and a half this year, depending on where you look. They bring back bring back Grant Wells at quarterback, but I think that they're kind of hoping he doesn't win the job. He was pretty bad last year. They brought in a transfer, um, Drones, I think is his name. Yes, mm-hmm. um, from Baylor. Yes, and I think the hope is that he can kind of win that job over the returning starter in Grant Wells, and maybe that helps jumpstart the offense a little bit. Um, they feel better about their skill positions than they did, than they did last year. Offensive line was also pretty bad last year. So, yeah, if you're feeling iffy at quarterback and offensive line, that that tells me you're probably not going to be very good on offense. But there's at least more hope maybe than than there was a year ago. I don't know. Um, their defense was decent, I guess. Like Brent Pry is a good defensive guy. Obviously, was a defensive coordinator at Penn State. Um, sounds like he is. Yeah, like they're still they're going to lean on their defense this year while hoping that the offense can just be serviceable. And if they can do that, I think that would be a recipe to be significantly better than last year, which Vegas seems to think they will be five or five and a half is clearly a step up from three and eight. Mm, Um, Sure. I don't know. Like they they do have a lot of defensive returnees, um, including some sixth year guys, um, some good corners. Any any chance they go over here this year? (laughs) <laughs> Why are you trying to convince me? I the, don't know. <laughs> okay. The bottom half of the ACC is not good. No, like, we not. don't have to sit here and act like it's good. I think they go under. I, I Virginia tech has clearly regressed. It, it's, it's a shame because there's no question that when they have that thing rolling there, the stadium is electric, right? Like the entrance, we've all seen videos of that, that entrance. They have great fans is what I'm saying. They don't deserve this. The program is not at a good spot right now. It's not. Um, you, I, there's going three and eight is very, it's very tough to, yeah, to to get good momentum. Like, like if you're three and eight in the ACC, you would be worse in any other conference. So, like, I, I don't have a whole lot of positives for you there. I, I think it's, I think it's rough. I think it's pretty rough for Virginia Tech. They, the recruiting hasn't been fantastic. So, yeah, I'm gonna go under uh, for the Hokies. Um, kind of begrudgingly, like mm-hmm. they should be better. Virginia Tech was at not even that long ago, a top 10 program um, and they could be again. So yeah, they, 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 they need to make some changes in my opinion. To me, it feels like, well, obviously they have to beat the teams they're supposed to beat like old dominion who they've lost to a couple times now. <sighs> they play old dominion, they play Marshall. And like you said, the bottom of the ACC is not good. Like, I, I think they're better than Virginia. I think they're better than Boston College. So theoretically, that's four wins right there. You also play Purdue, Rutgers, Wake Forest, who might take a step back. So you're, you're, going, you're going over then? Syracuse. Yeah, I, I think it will. I want to put a little faith in Brent Pry. 
I'll take the five number. You can have the five and a half and go under. I'll take the five and go over. The schedule is just not like it sets up nicely if they're going to do anything at all this year. I say they make a bowl game in year two. Okay. All right. Next, we have Georgia Tech. Brent Key is the full-time head coach now. Um, After doing a decent job last year as the interim, five and seven a year ago, their win total is at four and a half. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things aren't getting any easier at Georgia Tech. They have a lot of issues kind of internally. Um, Yeah, the quarterback job will be either Zach Pyron or Haynes King. So they have a couple names there, at least. Um, Haynes King uh, is the name, and Zach Pyron is the guy who might actually win the job. Um, It does feel like it's a bit of a – just kind of an unknown everywhere. Because it is Brent Key in his first full offseason, Georgia Tech hasn't really done anything to inspire a ton of confidence. But it does seem like they always win or one or two games they're not supposed to. Um, Looking at their schedule – they get South Carolina State. They get Bowling Green. So if you're looking for some easy wins, like theoretically, that would be a few. Um, they always play Clemson and Georgia, so there's that. Go to Ole Miss this year. Um, they have to go to Miami. I don't know. Like, what do you think about Georgia Tech? I guess, first of all, tell me what you think about the hire and the program in general. And then yeah. if you want to dive into this year, tell me what you think about the schedule. The, the program in general is it's a tough place to be, right? To be a little yeah. brother in a place where, yeah, George is just kind of, yeah, just mowing down everything in its path right now. I will say this, that Brent Key did a really good job to finish out the mm-hmm. year. They were they were competitive. They were competitive with Georgia for one half. Now, like the second half, they ran out of gas. That was a close game at halftime. And I, yeah, this, the final score may not indicate that. I, I like Georgia Tech. I think that I like the, I think I like the hire, the hire. They thought maybe they could have gotten someone else, but this guy, Brent Key did such a good job in his opportunity that I think you had to give him a shot. I don't think that they, I don't think Georgia tech was really left with, with an alternative. They have a tough schedule. They play Ole Miss in the non-conference. You mentioned Georgia mm-hmm. always in Clemson, always like that. That's tough. Like that's, that's not fun <laughs> to play, yeah. to play those teams. I guess Clemson, not non-conference, but that's still, that's, I mean, that's a tough conference game. I think they go over though. I think Georgia Tech covers. I think they get to at least five again. I think they might even get to six. Um, yeah, I like Georgia Tech. I, I like the direction they're headed. Yeah, I, I do like that. Although there are tough games in their schedule, there's also teams that I feel like they can clearly beat, including in the ACC. So I, I expect them to go five and seven again. I'm joining you on the over. Okay. It does feel like the whole thing could collapse. And not even based on Brent Key, but just some of the other things going on there where, I don't know, uh, it feels a little rough, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, next we have Virginia, the last team in the ACC here. Their win total set at three and a half. Tony Elliott, first year head coach last year, um, bit of a disappointing year, three and seven. And, you know, they did have the shooting um, that kind of changed the whole season. So they ended up only playing 10 games and it's kind of hard to, I don't know, it's hard to quantify how the season how you feel about what his first year was just based on some of that off the field stuff. But if we look at strictly the football side of things, they were not very good. Um, This year. Yeah. They, they no longer have Brendan Armstrong who transferred and they expect either Tony Musket or Jay Wolfolk to win the starting quarterback job. Wolfolk is currently a relief pitcher for their baseball team, by the way. So that's kind of interesting to see, to see that, but has a chance to win the starting quarterback job. Um, Tony Elliott, I would say that 
he probably didn't just make a ton of Virginia fans super happy last year. Like it was a rough first year, like quite frankly. And, and I'm speaking specifically about just the football side of things. It was a rough year. Um, any reason to think they can improve in year two? When I, when I put down this list, I, I wrote down all the teams and in, in their, their preseason over under, I immediately just went ahead and marked Virginia's under. Um, I was not a fan of, of, of Elliot, um, at Clemson, still not much of a fan of his. I think he's, I don't think he's, he might be a decent position coach, but I would not want him calling plays for my offense. So we're going to go ahead and go under. Um, I think you, you did kind of see a little bit of the writing on the wall. Brennan Armstrong was clear. He clearly regressed last year, clear regression. And you see him leave. I think that's telling. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going under. Um, you can you can disagree with me if you like, but I'm pretty firm on that one. I will definitely not be disagreeing with you on that one. Um, also, pretty easy under for me. Looking over my list, I have a bunch of overs in the ACC, and the reason is because a lot of people get to play Virginia, <laughs> and that feels bad <laughs> to say. Um, yeah, I, I was not impressed by the hire when they made it, and year one just kind of, for all of us naysayers, it kind of helped us. It gave us a little more ammo to, to, to think that we were right about that. And oh, yeah. I'm rooting for them. Like, I, I like the Virginia program. Um, maybe the most beautiful campus in the country. So I guess that's a positive for them. Okay. They get to play William and Mary this year. So that's at least one win. Um, <laughs> they might lose to James Madison. Like <laughs> James uh, Madison's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they really are. It feels like it could be a tough year. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, it's going to be rough. Like I, it's just how it's going to be. Yeah. We, we didn't like the hire when they made it. We can go ahead and point yeah. that out. And then watching like the regression of the quarterback is always tough. Like that means, yeah, something was clearly wrong there. So yeah, yeah. no, I, and then to see him leave, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's all I really need to know about this program right now. Right. Okay. So that's the ACC. We're also um, talking about Notre Dame. In this episode, so Marcus Freeman obviously returns for a second season, nine and four a year ago, and kind of a weird up and down year. Maybe down and up would be a better way to say it, like having those two <laughs> early losses um, to well Ohio State, but then the two bad ones were Marshall and Stanford, um, and you could argue pretty strongly that the Stanford one was even worse than the Marshall one. Yeah, um, their win total this year is set at eight and a half or nine, depending where you look. They bring in Sam Hartman to be the quarterback. Um, Tommy Reese is gone, went to Alabama. So they up, uh, they promoted Jared Parker, who was the tight ends coach a year ago. Um, has a little bit of experience coordinating offenses, but not a lot. Um, I do think that regardless of who was the offense, who the offense coordinator was this year, like we're going to see Notre Dame's offense be better this year, just yeah. almost automatically because you go from Drew Pine to Sam Hartman, things will get better. Um, what are your thoughts kind of as obviously I'm in the, I'm a Notre Dame fan. You see it on the wall behind me, but yeah. you're, you're sort of the neutral guy here. Like, what do you think about this Notre Dame team going into 2023? The, the blue chip ratio, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, Notre Dame is climbing. Mm -hmm. um, Notre, like the last couple of years, I think Notre Dame is, it's surprising actually how high up they are. Um, they 65%. have 65%. 65%, which is really good. Like you're competitive with the Texas, Oklahoma, 
like even like the Florida, like who you're ahead of, you're ahead of Florida. Um, no, I, I think the, he's done a good job. Freeman has of recruiting that said the offensive coordinator hire was frustrating. Like, right. It's not the guy they wanted. Par- Parker was not the guy. It's Gerard Parker, right? Am I pronouncing that correctly? I've heard Gerard. I've heard Jared. It's okay. Pick one. He, yeah. He's, he was clearly not the one they wanted. Like that was, we, we all know it. That was clearly not, not their favorite option. They had to promote from within because apparently they couldn't afford to get Utah's OC, um, which was surprising to all of us. That's a little bit, that's concerning, I think. But that said, Notre Dame has a lot of talent. They do. Hartman coming in, that matters. Like the schedule's tough because Notre Dame always has a really tough schedule. Like USC's good. Ohio State, you catch Ohio State in non-conference. Clemson, I guess, yeah, Notre Dame didn't have a conference. What am I saying? But like you have, you get Clemson, Ohio State, USC. That's tough. That can go up against anyone's, you know, top three opponents. Like that schedule can go up against anybody's. Eight, eight and a half feels low given how much talent. But then you look at the schedule and it's like, this is legitimate. Like they have to win. They have to win all the rest of their games if they lose some, you know, the games that they're not going to be favored in. So I like them to go over. I think they win nine. I think they go nine and three. I think you can lose those games and still go nine and three. I think if you win everyone else, um, win, yeah, win against everyone else. And I think they will. So, no, I, I like Notre Dame. I like the the direction that they're headed. It starts with recruiting, right? You're you're bringing in the right guys. I would feel a whole lot better had you gotten an offensive coordinator that you liked, though. Then I would feel so much better about, yeah, I think maybe just like the the overall program. Sure. I, I know it's just a spring game. I was very encouraged by the spring game. Um, they were throwing the ball downfield. Hartman was already connecting with – guys, including a true freshman receiver who's, I don't know, going to be the number five or six receiver on the roster in Jaden right. Greathouse. Like he had like 11 catches in the spring game just because Hartman was dealing. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. It's kind of weird for the first time in years, I actually trust Notre Dame's offense more than their defense going into the season. Um, I, I am a little bit worried about the defense. Al Golden is the defensive coordinator, did an okay job last year, I guess. They they struggled in the red zone getting stops. Um, they they have good players everywhere in their defense. Benjamin Morrison, who was a freshman a year ago, had like six interceptions, I want to say, like including a, a couple against Clemson. He's a star in the mm-hmm. making. I don't know that they have a ton of other stars. Like they have a bunch of other really solid defensive players. Um, right. I do think the strength of the team will be the offense. Their offensive line is supposed to be very good. They have the best tackle tandem in the country, I believe, returning. Joe Wald is supposed to be a first-round pick, and and uh, Blake Fisher has that kind of potential. I think that the running game will be a strength. The passing game will also be very good if they can get a little bit of production from their receivers. And I just – I think – I'm saying think a lot. I guess I have a lot of thoughts about my team. <laughs> um <laughs> They have a lot of talent at receiver. Most of it is unproven. You almost can't overstate the difference between Drew Pine and Sam Hartman. Like, I, it's just yeah. going to be night and day, I believe. Like, Drew Pine was just not good. They crushed Clemson last year with fewer than 100 passing yards. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, true. if you're looking at their schedule, like you said, they have to go to Clemson. 
They get USC and Ohio State at home. That's probably the way you want it because they did clearly outperform Clemson at home last year. And so you'd like to think that they could maybe win that game on the road. And it's nice to have USC and Ohio State at home. Those are all three very losable games, but I, there's none of those games. There's no game on their schedule that they absolutely can't win. And part of it is just because Sam Hartman. Like, that to me erases the win total by one or two at least, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm also, no, I agree. Yeah, I'm also taking over for this team. Eight and a half feels – I understand the line. It feels a little low to me. I don't think they're going 0-3 against the top of their schedule. And I expect them to do better against kind of the the teams they're supposed to beat. Now, I will say NC State, Louisville, Pitt, Wake Forest. Like, there's a non-zero chance one of those middle-of-the-road ACC teams who's good on a good day. Like, there's a non-zero chance one of those teams wins. Did I mention Duke? I'm not sure. But, like, it's actually fairly reasonable kind of in the middle of the schedule if Notre Dame is going to be a – top 25 team as opposed to a top 10 team like sure they'll lose a couple of those if they're or theoretically if they're just a top 25 team if they're as good as i think they will be i think they they win all those games and then probably go one and two against the big three i think they bounce back as well like i think there's there's going to be more consistency when you have a guy like hartman Mm -hmm. um there's not yeah like you're not going to be losing to marshall um, with with Hartman there isn't it kind of telling like it makes the the Alabama offense feel so much worse <laughs> when when we when we say this out loud because it's all true like we all I sat there and watched the Marshall game I know you did I watched bits of the Stanford game as much as I could stomach before I had to turn it off like and then those are the guys that's playing for Alabama now where Hartman is is clearly an upgrade like there's there's no doubt there um yeah you, you'd love some just like the continuity I think would be yeah like not, not just the continuity, the confidence and the experience he's bringing. He's he has an ACC record currently um, for passing touchdowns. Like that matters. Like the guy is going to be really good. So yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think it's um, interesting. Those they'll have a lot of fun games. One thing that we can talk about is like, they'll have some really good games. Do you know the line for any idea on the line for the, um, Ohio State game right now. What is that about? What was that seven and a half last time I looked? I want to like say that. that's about. I haven't checked it in a while, but I, I, that okay. sounds about right. Um, that feels a little high, honestly. Like it's it's in South Bend. Yeah, you trust Notre Dame's quarterback over Ohio State at, of what we know at this point. Um, currently, yes, currently we would, no doubt. I do. I'm one of these people that thinks that Iowa State can absolutely win the title this year. So I'm. I'm not saying Notre Dame. I'm not calling my shot here or anything. Right. But there's no game on the schedule that I feel terrible about. So currently, I'm seeing eight and a half right now. Looking at eight wow. and a half right now on FanDuel. Yeah, I know that feels that feels frisky. Feels like you. Yeah, taking Notre Dame right now would be would be a, a good choice at their place. Mm-hmm. Iowa State breaking in a new quarterback. Can can Notre Dame fans get loud? Like, could, could we really have a home field advantage for once? <laughs> they can. When, when there's a big game, they, there's, there's been times where they were actually very loud. Um, it's not consistent. And really? I was at the Stanford game last year, and you could just feel the tense atmosphere. Like, you could just feel, like, as the game wore on and, like, okay, Stanford's still hanging around. Why aren't we putting them away? Like, right. yeah, the, the fan base will turn on the team 
or at least just kind of sit on their hands as opposed to making noise when things aren't going well. When it's a big game, they will show up and be loud for the most part. Okay. There have been games when they sold out, but yeah. That was a close game a year ago. Notre Dame-Ohio State was a close game a year ago at the shoe yeah. um, with with C.J. Stroud, right? And that was – Smith and Jigbo was actually healthy for that game, and I mean that's the game that he got her in, right? Yeah. So he was healthy for part of it. But, yeah, like that was something Notre, Notre Dame led for large chunks of the first half um, before – what was it a, like an 11-point game, I think, maybe that it finished. Something um, like Ohio, that. Yeah. Ohio State did pull away and win. But, yeah, close game, and I think I think definitely could be again. By the way, uh, every every outlet out there is talking about how the weakness of the team is the wide receivers. And it, and it is as far as the unproven um, – yeah, they have a lot of unproven receivers, but – uh, Jaden Thomas, Deion Coles, a couple Georgia boys um, who are talented. Tobias Merriweather might be the breakout star. Like they got names there. They got guys that I think will play well. And there's just enough bodies that I I halfways trust their passing game to not only be a function of Sam Hartman, but I also think their receivers will make some plays. So yeah, I like that. All right. Anything else before we wrap this episode up? No, that's it for me. Been a long pod. Yeah, that was the ACC in Notre Dame. Um, that means football is that much closer. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think. Of, and tell us how wrong we really are on all of these picks. We'd love to hear the feedback, be it positive or negative. So, yeah, let us know. All right. Have a great week, everyone, and God bless you all.